Today is going to be going to be a little bit different as far as what you'll hear from the stage. Got some other folks that are going to share a little bit. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I wanted to do uh, just an update on how certain things are going here at church. Nothing bad is happening or anything like that. But you know, I, I've I've been here now ten and a half years, and I've never stopped to just say, "Here's what's happening. Here's what's going on." I do this, by the way, a lot on Wednesday nights. And if you're not a part of our Wednesday night Bible study, would encourage you if you if you can get here, be a part of that. Lots of great things for kids and youth, and then the adults all meet in here. And and I it's open forum basically. I will take any and all questions about the church, just so you know that. If you've got questions, we have no it's here at Elm Grove. We're not trying to hide anything. Uh, certain things are not for public consumption, obviously, but we're not trying to hide anything about what's going on, about how we handle money, about leadership, anything like that. And Wednesday nights usually is a good forum for that. I'll just sit and say, all right, who's got a question about anything that's happening in church? What do you want to know? And whatever. And the more that I've done that on Wednesdays, the more that I thought I need to take a Sunday morning and explain or just touch on some of the things that we talk about on Wednesday nights. Now, you'll see there in your, in your, in your outline, I've got a little bit that I'm going to present later on that kind of sums up, I think, what I, what I hope will launch us forward into 2019. But at the same time, we're going to hear from some other folks today. I've just got some, uh, our staff members will, will talk a little bit, uh, and we, we've got a mission trip update and report to give to you that, that uh, we, we've not been able to do yet. And so anyway, that's it's kind of what we're going to do, okay? So you can kind of settle in. I'm not, just so you know, I'm not going to take questions this morning only because there are a lot of you and and, I, and some of you want to get out of here before one. And so, but if you do have, let me just tell you, tell you this, if you have any questions about anything that's said today, I'll be, I'll be hanging around after church. I, I'm happy to answer any of them. I, I really, I don't, that doesn't bother me at all. This is not a kind of a closed box kind of thing where if if you're on the inside, you'll know things, and if you're not, you won't. We, we want you to, to, to be a part of our church family. If you're a member of our church, and certainly we want you to be as involved as you can be. If you're just checking out our church, we, we want you to know what's happening. And so if you've got questions, be happy to answer those, okay? So let me, let me Aaron, you and your crew, I know that's Ellie and also Maddie. If you all would come down. Clint, can you do me a favor while, while they're coming up? Um, and Andrew may be able to help with this as well. Can you grab a couple of chairs just for us later on? Put those over here. Andrew, if you wouldn't mind to grab the music stand that is in the closet back there, that would be helpful as well. Ladies, Come on up. Come on. Here we go. We got microphones here for them. Ben, I am going to use Danny's mic for now as well. It's still on here. So, ladies, onto the stage, please. Uh, It's okay. Maddie's got Danny's mic. And then I don't know who's got the other ones. They look both the same. Will I be right. able to sing like <clears throat> yes, the microphone allows you to sing and play just like Danny McGrew. <laughs> so there you go. All right. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. I told I've, I've told them that we're going to try to handle this very very succinctly, and and that's more for me than it is for them. I think they're they're going to give you some some really good answers. All right, um, Aaron, I'm going to start with you. Just real quick, explain where the trip was, the purpose of the mission trip, and so on, and just give us a brief overview, and then I've got a couple of questions for the young ladies here as well. Go ahead. Uh, Well, we went to El Salvador, and once again, we weren't really in one specific spot. We kind of hopped around, not quite as much as we did the last time, but uh, what we went to 
Berlin. Four different places? Yeah. Yeah, Berlin, Chalchuapa. Yeah, so we went to four different places. Um, we went back to the orphanage that we worked with the first time we went. We went back to the um, retirement center that we worked with. And then we were able to do a couple of different things. We were able to go into the homes of some of the kids from um, the church there in Chalchuapa, the first place we stayed. And uh, that was really interesting. Um, how they just open their doors to a, a bunch of white strangers. So uh, <laughs> they, they, you know, it was just, it was really comfortable. They, they made us feel comfortable. They made us feel at home. And um, we got a lot of work done. <laughs> cool. Now, let, let, let me ask you just a follow-up question. You had gone before. Mm-hmm. So what, what, for you, was different about this trip than the previous trip? The first trip uh, was what, that they they kept calling it a vision mission. We were not in any one place for any more than a few hours at a time. We spent the majority of the time in the car, and we literally went from one end of El Salvador to the other. So just checking things out. Yeah, yeah, trying to figure out where the need was the greatest. And so when going back, we knew where the needs were, and we were able to. We had centralized place we had a place to call home that we could go back to every night that was you know the same place and comfortable and because we only stayed in two different places um and so and spend some really quality time with um the people that we were that we were there with that we were witnessing with and witnessing to all right ellie i'm going to you next okay this was this your first overseas mission trip of any kind? Okay, so first one, and tell what grade are you in this year? Um, I'm a freshman. You're a freshman. That's what I thought. And so, first time doing this, what's one thing that stood out to you that maybe something God did, something that changed in you while you were there? Just any anything that that you came back thinking, wow, this was incredible. Um, they their worship was really good, and like the churches that we went to, they like really cared, and you could see because they they didn't have a lot, and like what they did have, they took advantage of, and they like used it. And a lot different, isn't it? Mm-hmm. A lot different. If you're if you're talking to other people your age and saying if you if you're ever thinking about something like this, tell them tell them why they they would want to be involved in something like you did. It's an eye-opening thing. Like, you go overseas and, like, you see everything that, like, they don't have and that we have. And then it really opens up your eyes. That's then. cool. That's cool. Now, Maddie, t- mission trip experience for you. Was this, this was not, this was this your first overseas trip? Okay, okay. So, same kind of question for you. And, and being being a college student, you're kind of seeing it from a different perspective. Anything about what what you experienced that hey you know what for my future this is now what i'm seeing this is what i'm you know god stirred my heart in this way anything like that for you i think the most beautiful thing, beautiful thing to me was that i developed this relationship with these kids that were my age there and we could not speak to each other at all mm-hmm. they spoke fluent spanish i do i speak un poquito spanish <laughs> and that's what i kept saying was poquito espanol and we developed such a bond and we are we text each other on their, cool. they use WhatsApp and we text each other all the time. We're friends on Facebook and we developed this bond um, through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was connecting us in such a beautiful way, even though we couldn't even talk to each other. And another thing that was really neat is that the people who were my age and Ellie's age were leaders in the church. Mm-hmm. They weren't people who sat in the pew 
and just went to Sunday school, they were leading worship. They were leading in classes. They were teaching classes. And I think that's something that a lot of churches are lacking is um, young people stepping up and showing that we have a place in the church. We don't have to sit in a pew. That's pretty cool. So that was really eye-opening to me. That's cool. That's good. That's a good word for us, a good challenge for us as well. And um, Next opportunity coming up. And Aaron, this may be more that that you are aware of, but what what do you know about as for other, uh, other mission trips that are coming up through the association and so on? Anything that you're aware of right now? Uh, I, I, no. Okay. So nothing, that, that's fine. I hadn't heard anything in particular. Nothing's been set in stone as far as I know. But this is an ongoing relationship that, that our local Baptist association has with the people of El Salvador. This will be a continuing relationship, but nothing right now is set in stone, correct? Yeah, correct. Um, okay. I know that the, the group that we went with, Impact, um, they are actually in the process of they will be going to Reynosa, Mexico in April. Okay. And so they're kind of... They've got a focus right now, and um, if we do go back, it will probably be in springtime of next year. Okay. Um, but, yeah, nothing is set in stone. We haven't really even come back together to, to discuss where to go to next. This was a so. trip in October, and so it was getting it was over fall break and getting toward the end of the year. And so, yes. yeah, yeah, not a lot of time to come back and debrief on it. But uh, any anything that you would say to our church as far as, mission outreach and opportunity just thoughts that you had to to when you when you were there and you're you're, obviously maddie you said you know just the young people and so on anything else that you would say i really want elm grove to think about this to consider this from it from either of the three of you anything to to mention when it comes to that um the world is big so go out there and do god's work for it not just out out of the country but in the country there's such a need with, in Nashville, with the homeless population, they really need help. It's not just the homeless people across seas. So don't ever think that um, you're too small to go overseas because there's a place in Murray and there's a place in Nashville and beyond in the country that need help just as much as people overseas. Cool. Awesome. And also, I wanted to say there is, I have an opportunity with the Murray State BCM. Um, there's a young uh, women's group that's going to Guatemala. So if there's any young women who would like to do that, just come see me and I would... When is that trip? That is going to be in May. May. Yes. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. A- anything else? I, I, just putting you on the spot. If there's nothing, that, that's fine. Um, I would say it always amazes me when we go to see not just the bond that the church makes with, with themselves... Um, but with the community, their um, the kids program at the Church of Chalchuapa, what they had forty kids. They had forty kids that would come every every Sunday morning by themselves, by themselves because their parents their parents would would bring them or an older sibling would bring them. But then they would go back home, and instead of them going, oh well, at least we have all these kids and we can you know we can raise them in the Lord. They go, we're going to use this as an ex- as as our excuse to outreach to their parents. We are gonna we are gonna reach these parents through their kids and just looking for any opportunity that they can find to bring that bond that they have with one another out to the community and not hold it 
hold it in with within themselves within the church and they they do an internal mindset for those folks at all they're constantly thinking outward and and so they probably spend just as much time out in the streets as they would in a church well what ellie mentioned as well about just the the different look and feel of the church they Mm. they're not so focused on what they have as much as as what they have to give i guess in one sense in the gospel so um now speaking of community stuff aaron i know obviously leadership and hands and feet ministry and ongoing thing here tell us a little bit of an update some things that are, that may be coming up what you're doing with that how we can help i'm in the process right now of working with walmart and kroger they've been pretty booked up we're going to have another collection day here pretty soon as long as as soon as they get free time to have somebody set up um Last year, we were able to do two times. We did um, 40 backpacks, and then we during the summer, we did 60 coolers. Um, so those, I would, Those include what kind of things? They have shampoo. They have um, soap. They have wipes, chapstick, combs, um, deodorant, toothpaste, toothbrushes, really anything that you would need to just keep your body clean, okay. keep yourself clean. Um, the target audience to receive those is who? We take them to suit for the soul. Okay. So we figure if you're if, if they're the, there, yeah. If you're there, if you yeah. Okay. And it's um, cool. But we also it's been interesting. It's been neat to see um, and nice to be able to get a call or an email or a text and go, hey. I met this person there in need, and to be able to go, yeah, just go to the room. We got stuff back yep. there. Just grab what you need which and is, take which it to has them. Happened. I know Clint has uh, uh, recently. Anyway, that was the last one that I knew of. Yeah, we've we've got that stuff here for folks that are in need. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. Any anything else? I'm about to turn you guys loose. I told you I would try to make it as painless as I as I could. Uh, so then, then I get to, to pick on Clint and Andrew here in just a second. Anything else that that comes to mind that you'd like to share about? The mission trip, or of course, Aaron, hands and feet. Anything about that the church can help with? Anything at all? Just, just a reminder that missions is not something. It's not something you plan for. It's you can wake up in the morning and go, who you know, who am I helping today? All right, you know, and, and it could be a smile, it could be a conversation, it could be buying groceries, it could be giving personal hygiene products. But to wake up every day and go lord who am i helping today it doesn't matter who it is or who you put in my you know cross my path just let me help a person today in whatever way they need good good well thank you all for going and for enduring this up here today thank you so much for that show them a little bit of appreciation and love will you all right let me get thank you all right clint and andrew you guys are up Ben, I'm going to put Danny's mic back up. We'll use the other two. I guess it's Evan I should be talking to. Evan's on the board today. All right. There we go. All right. There you go. All right, I need you guys to scoot over here so that make sure that everybody can see you. I don't have to sit that close to you. Oh, Did I just the, say that? Out that was the real excuse. Okay. Right. So I told these guys they've got one minute to answer each of these questions. Clint, Clint said to make sure that he holds them to it, too, because he's going to ramble on. Yeah, he said he would. So, 
you going to ramble? No. All right. So let me. It, let, one of the things that we know, and just for your information, we have. We have about 200 folks who attend here on a weekly basis, but we have 300 or more, probably about 310, 315, I think we, we settled on, who attend here on a regular basis. Does that make sense? So only two-thirds of you are showing up every week. That's just the way it is. So you all just trade weeks and, hey, you'll save my seat and whatever. But we have over 300 people who, who call Elm Grove their home. And, and I, I say that because you may show up today and you know exactly who these guys are and what they do and so on. But in a lot of cases, we, we don't. We've, we have lots of new folks here at our church, which is tremendous, and we're grateful for that. And so let me just real quick tell you what these guys mainly take care of. Andrew McClure handles our children and family ministries. And so you've been doing that now how long? How, how many years now? Seven? Trying to count VBS is yeah six six maybe six years six, yeah so uh, Andrew and and by the way Andrew was the first children's minister that that the church had hired and so we we got to a point several years ago where we needed somebody who would be in a paid position to handle that of course he's done a great job with it and help things uh, to be what they are today. Clint came on, what, three years ago now? Three years ago. Began as as youth minister, handling grades 7 through 12. And then last year, we, we expanded his role just a little bit to include some things that, that involve missions and outreach and involvement and some things like that. So that's what they primarily handle. So when you hear them answer questions about it, if you don't know that's what they do, then that's, that's an idea. So, all right, so... Um, Andrew, I'm going to start with you because you'll be able to set the tone and show Clint how to answer these questions. And, all right, so so I got the same five questions for both of them, all right? So you can't say that he stole your answer. Okay? The answer is always Jesus. That's right. Jesus, yeah. That's right. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, pray, read the Bible, go to church. Those are the great Sunday school answers. You say any of those in Sunday school and you're right, correct? Okay. Tell, Andrew, what's the most exciting thing about the ministries that you're over right now? The most exciting thing to you? Yeah, so a couple weeks ago, before the end of the year, I'm just standing around greeting people as they come in, and a kid comes up to me and it's like, hey, Andrew, I, I prayed to have Jesus come into my heart. Awesome, man. It's like, when can I get baptized? I was like, we will, we will take care of that. Yeah. And just that's happened so many times. It's it's so much fun to see that this church gets to be a part of that equation. Yeah. If you're serving somewhere, if you're teaching at any point and helping, you, you are a part of that equation. It may be a small equation, it may be a large equation, but you get to help them, you know, Jesus plus nothing. You get yeah. to help equal out that equation. That's right. One of the things we do, by the way, if any kid does come and say, hey, I, I'd like to be baptized, or, or I, 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 you know, I've prayed and asked the Lord to forgive me of my sins and, and, and to, you know, to save me, we, we always provide them some follow-up materials for, for that child and their parents to work through together to answer questions and, and and just to be sure that they understand what it is that the Bible says about those things. So we, we don't in any way run kids through a, a salvation mill, if that makes sense. We, we want them to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And so that's one of the main focuses I know. All right, so Clint, what's, what's the most exciting thing for you, youth, missions, any of the areas that you're over? Well, it, it's it's pretty cool to get to work with young people. It's it's My job is awesome. I love it. Uh, I, I joke with the kids that I get paid to... Uh, 
Teach Paul, the gospels no. and teach, <laughs> teach, teach the gospel in Act eighteen. That's there what you know, that's, that's what right. to do. But that's uh, great. something that you know, th- this pa- the past three years we've grown tremendously in number. You know, and that's exciting. We've got thirty to forty kids now that come on Wednesday nights. But even above that, the relationship with the Lord. But also this from this last summer, and the kids would agree with this. Since this summer, we've grown really close as a group like we formed that tight-knit relationship that I think is crucial when it comes to youth ministry I want kids to look back at these days and say to themselves you know those were some of the best days of my life that's what my that's one of my goals you know obviously putting God first in that but one of my other goals in that is to have kids look back and say you know what I really enjoyed that time cool all right Andrew next question you got one sentence all right, one sentence. Summarize. And I said, by the way, I sent them these ahead of time so they could prepare just a little bit. So not putting you totally on the I'm, spot. I'm going to fail this because yeah. I already know how I'm going to answer okay, it. Okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> Summarize your ministry desires in one-ish sentence. Lots of commas. Okay. There you go, that's um, right. For me, especially when I'm picking out curriculum and teaching, it depends on the age group. Younger kids, I want them to hear the name of God. I want them to hear about Jesus. I want them to just understand that name. Um, Jackson, at one point, you know, told me Jesus, and I told Marilyn Little, I said, hey, he he knows Jesus' name because of you and Sunday school type of thing. Older kids talking like first to third grade a lot of it is object lessons it's a learning how to equate a part of the bible into their life so you know we'll, we'll i'm going to go over I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick on you but i was talking about some of the curriculum and she's like yeah we did cereal we did the piggy bank ministry we did what's in my backpack and all this other stuff it's just taking chunks of the bible and helping them understand how it fits into their life Older kids were actually going through the Bible in a three-year program to help give them some biblical literacy. So that's kind of the goals and what we're trying to do within the kid men. That's awesome. Good. Clint, same thing. Summarize your ministry desires as succinctly as possible. You must have rehearsed that. Like, <laughs> that's good. That He's good. Speaking, no, He's good. No pressure. Because mine's a lot more simple. <laughs> now, um, for me... I was speaking a little bit at Lakers for Christ at the high school on Friday, and one of the things we're trying we're just trying to do things better as far as reaching different kids. And one of the things I said before we left uh, was, "Just give Jesus your all." So my sentence to describe missions, the youth, the church as a whole is just simply, "Let's be dependent on Him." And I really, I really believe that everything else will fall into place if we just do that. Cool. Good. Third question. Something that happened recently. Tell tell us a great story about something recent in your ministry. You mentioned one earlier, obviously. Great story about something. Hey, you know what? Recently, this this what happened. This was awesome. Tell us. So it's not anything in particular, but one of the things I love. Um, the people in the room, so I'm not using names, but a, a kid will say something back to me in a class, or I'll hear about it, and it's. It's in my little thing about it's like the, the tumblers of a lock clicking together, and you just unlock something for them, and they just get it. And you're like, yes, that's what we've been working towards. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. Clint, a great story. You asked me earlier, can it be funny? Can it be stupid? It's youth ministry. <laughs> it's funny and stupid. They go together. So that's uh, just... Uh, a lot of times in the same person, you know? Yeah. Not you, of course. You know, I'm speaking for my son. But, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, he's right here. I, I got you, man. Hold I got on, you. we got a video real quick. Yeah, no, that's right. No, anyway, yeah. Tell us tell us something, a great story, whatever it is. Uh, I've got two. I'm going to go two, and they'll be Fire quick, away. I promise. Fire away. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start out with a funny one. Of course, if you have ever worked with teenagers, 
it, it, something funny is going on at all times. Something funny, arguably dumb. In, I mean, inappropriate. Inappropriate. Yeah. Something happens all the time. Most of the time. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to pick on my. I, I was talking to the kids this morning, trying to figure out, you know, what's something funny we can say there because there's so much. And uh, they gave me some ideas, but I am going to. I finally came into conclusion. I'm going to pick on three of my older boys. I'm not going to name them. They know who they are. They're sit. They're all three in here this morning. <laughs> um, I, it was this last trip, actually. We were at a Extreme Winter uh, last week, and uh, I was busy in my room uh, doing something. I can't remember what it was. And I kept on hearing this loud racket. Like, I, uh, <laughs> I kept on hearing this loud racket in uh, the room next door. And uh, with three of my older ones, I, I usually get an adjoining room. I try to trust them a little bit, you know, to be not by much. themselves. But yeah, not just not that, yeah, not yeah. that much. Yeah. And I kept on hearing this noise, and I was like... What is going on? So finally, I went up. I went in their room, and I walk in, and um, I'm just going to use your name. Dakota was in that. They were they were playing hide and go seek in a hotel room. I don't know how. It's not a big room, and you know, Dakota is a pretty stocky dude. Walk in there, and Dakota is literally on top of. And the ones that were in the hotel rooms know what this looks like. They were in. Dakota was sitting crisscross applesauce on top of the closet that was in there, and that thing was tall. So my first thought is, how in the heck did you get up there, dude? And um, and then obviously the singing at Mel's. You know, Jaden Morris's face is was as red as Hank's shirt down here. Uh, that was fun. But on a serious note, just uh, this last October, we or November, we had the lock-in. And uh, for those that attend the lock-ins, the kids love them. You know, it's something that I always dread, but it's fun and it, it's worth it. Um, and I always appreciate the adults that get involved. But yeah. the the worship, we always do a worship service, and we usually do it in the sanctuary. Uh, it gives us a chance to really focus on what matters the most. And uh, that night, it, it, the worship experience, and you can talk to some of the teenagers about this, was incredible. Uh, the Holy Spirit, and if you were there, you know what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit really moved uh, to the point where I had several kids that were like literally like just shaking. They were just so moved by the Holy Spirit. And that was something that happened recently that I was, that was really cool. Awesome. When you look to the future of the ministries that you lead, what are, what are some of the things that you see that you... You're hoping for that maybe is even coming up that you that you know hey we're going to do this or just in general just your, your overall vision for, for where things are headed yeah i mean the, the biggest thing is continue to have those kids just randomly come up to me and be like hey i, I accepted jesus into my heart i got saved and just to continue to partnership with all the parents out here you know we aren't doing this alone we don't want you to do it alone we want to be a part of it as a team together to help, you know, fill out that equation and just continue to keep rocking. I mean, it's been it's been a wild couple of years, but I know I was joking. Whenever I first came here, it was you, me, Jaden, and Kaylee in some of the classes at some point whenever I first started on Wednesday nights. And like Clint said, you know, we're getting 30, 40 kids at yeah. this point. So yeah. yeah. It has been a while. It, 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 the, the growth has, you know, it, it's it, it, it's good and and it's a great challenge as well as as you know. Clint, tell us the future of things. What you hope? What what's coming up? Anything? Well, um, and it, it kind of honestly, it was funny what Maddie was talking about about kids, you know, young people leading now. And this is something I'm, I'm still in Andrew's idea here. He, he's 
on his heart lately, he's really been trying and we've been talking about ways to get some of the younger kids involved in um, more leadership. And, you know, like, for example, you got the Christmas programs. You see some of these kids that perform on stage, but then you've got kids that you don't see that are in charge of different things. Uh, Kevin Dawson, for example, he, he was pretty well in charge of the computer. You got people like Luke Hale who do a lot with the lights and some of the props, things like that. And they're, they're in charge of those areas and VBS leadership. Uh, Andrew's trying to get some more teenagers to teach like Sunday school on, on Sunday mornings. Uh, we've currently got one of our older youth comes to attend some of the church council meetings. And it just gives them an opportunity to lead because one of the things that I was thinking about, it, it basically is everything Maddie said, and I'm just going to build on that, is we often fall into the trap of think you know what what do we say when we talk about youth we say oh they're awesome but it's so great they're coming because they're the future of the church that is so true but we often forget that they're not just the future of the church they're every bit the church now uh, as much as anybody else is so i think ways to continue to further that that uh when in missions and youth ministry children's ministry whatever the case may be i think that's one of my goals cool. moving forward good i'm gonna let them go that was only four by the way we, we'll leave one we'll leave one you for said later it was five minutes we'll try to get all the, through these questions yeah and i told you in the email i said there's no way that's a hall of fame number it, it four out of five of percentage number. that's right we are not there's no way we're getting through all but guys thanks for what you do listen you 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 do not you do not see all that these guys are involved with. And I know that many of you are involved in supporting and, and working in the ministries that they're doing. So it is a collective thank you, not only to these guys, because they would immediately deflect that and say, you know what, you have no idea how many people are involved to make this happen. It's a whole church effort to raise children and make disciples of them. And so thank you for leading that and for what you're doing. And for all of you, thank you so much. Guys, I'm going to let you real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Last thing. He says, last thing. Uh, along the lines of that, I wanted to say, you know, uh, thank you for the support. I know I, I speak for Andrew with this. A church our size, and I was telling the kids this morning to truly be appreciative of this. We don't, youth groups that, you know, in a church that is our size don't always get to do just a lot of things. Uh, but our church does, and that is to credit to you guys. for So thank you for that. Absolutely. Good. All right, guys. You can Hey, can you um, can you do me a favor and grab? Um, I think that's stupid. Yeah, I will in just a second. Yeah. We touched on a couple of things, and one of the things that Clint just mentioned as he was closing is the support that the church gives and so on, and, and I I want to, I'm not going to spend very much time, in fact, I'm not going to preach that little sermon, just so you know, all right? So I know some of you are already saying, my goodness gracious, it's 1054. I'm aware, listen, there's a clock on the back wall, all right? And I, trust me, I know it's there, it's cool, I got you, all right? I got you, okay? But I want to spend just a few minutes, and on Wednesday nights, I normally just sit down on the floor here on a stool, and so that's what I'm going to do. And so if you can't see me, that, uh, that just deal with it, all right? So 
anyway, um, but let, let me touch on just a couple of things. Clint mentioned about the support that is given to in a church our size. And as I said, we have about 300 people who attend here. But we have a, when, when folks would ask me, how big is your church? Well, I would say, well, we have about 200 people who attend on a regular basis. And I mean weekly. Uh, and so for, for our church to be able to provide that kind of ministry opportunity really is remarkable. Just so you know, and some of you may come from different denominational backgrounds or maybe no church background at all, we are completely self-supported. We, we do not get money from any organization. We do not get money from, from a hierarchy. The way that the Southern Baptist Convention works, and we are a Southern Baptist church, is we are partnered with them for missions and, and, and for basically for a public front and so on. But we, we are an autonomous church, which means for better or worse, we're on our own. The Southern Baptist Convention cannot come in and remove me as the pastor. Some of you say, oh, man. But, but they can't, and they also, they also can't say, well, here's who's going to be your pastor. We, we, we are on our own. They can't come in and say, well, here's the money that you have to work with. We are completely self-supported. So when we pass the offering plate on Sunday mornings, what we are doing is giving toward the ministry, the entire ministry here at Elm Grove and beyond, just so you know that. I, some of you may say, well, I have no idea. That's, that's how it works, just so you know. And so, so we, we do, we make our own decisions. We are, we are responsible for those things. And so, so the support that is given uh, through the offering every single week does, it, that's, that's all that we have uh, in, for, in a sense. And we're a very generous church, so we've been taken care of. And so I want to say thank you for those of you that do, that you give so generously and so faithfully uh, that the Lord uses that kind of that money. One of the things in Clint's ministry that we, we've been working on uh, is, uh, it, it, you'll see, in fact, uh, if I've got my bullets in, if you look on the back side of your bullets and real quick, if you'll see there, it says Discovery Class, and Angie, Angie Mitchell sitting right over here. She and Clint are working uh, directly on this, but I, I want to draw your attention to this real quick because if you have been at our church for, for two years or less, then this is specifically designed for you. If you've never been through what we call Discovery Class, then I would highly encourage you to, to do it. You see there the dates, they're coming up. It's going to be right after church on two separate dates. What we're going to do is the, the, the first, it's kind of a first come, first serve basis on, on those two dates. If you've got a preference, pick one. Uh, sign up for one of those. You see it on the connection card there, the tear off, you can do that. Gives you details about that. We're just going to tell you about our church, tell you about the Lord, tell you about how you can get involved. It's not anything to obligate you, but if you would say, you know what, I, I don't know, I, I'm new to the church, maybe I've joined the church, I've not been through that class, or maybe I... I'm brand new, and I just like to learn some more about it. You'll see that there, some information about that. Uh, Clint and Angie, as I said in particular, are working on that very directly. And uh, so we, we want you to, to sign up for that. If you've got questions, you can let me know. Uh, you also see inside your bulletin some information about our deacon nominations. And real quick, I just want to tell you about different leadership groups in the church and what they do. Uh, we're taking nominations right now for deacons. A deacon in the Bible, the word literally means servant. That's what the Greek word means. And our deacons here are servants. That is what they provide, is servant leadership for the church. In some Baptist churches, the deacons are the board of directors. And and, and deacon is sort of comes with the background of, dun, 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 you know, that's the way the deacons. And, I, and so guys will ask me if I go to pastor's conferences, hey, how's the church going? They really want to know, do you have deacon problems? That's what they're wanting to know. Do you have a deacon that's breathing down your neck all the time? And I can say with absolute confidence 
No, I don't. I don't have deacon problems because we don't have any problem deacons. We have tremendous men serving in that capacity, and we are simply at the point now where we need some more. Our church has grown, and we need other servant leaders to, to serve in that capacity. So the deacons in our church exist primarily to fulfill the biblical role that I believe that they, they should have, that they believe, which is to serve and meet the needs uh, spiritually, physically, emotionally of those in the church. And so... That's what our deacons serve to do. They serve as advisors for me. We meet once a month, and I'll, I'll bring anything up with them. And I just tell them, guys, I just need your, I just need your advice. I need your guidance. I need your help. I need, need to know what you think. We also have uh, another, we have three main leadership groups, deacons. We also have trustees. Our trustees handle a lot of the things that, that make sure that, that we stay where we need to stay legally, financially, when it comes to facilities and so on. That's what they handle, primarily those areas and those issues to facilitate the ministry of the church to make sure that we can do the ministry that, that we feel God has called us to do. And the third group, Clint mentioned this group called the Church Council, and that is a, a representative group of, of leaders in the church. We have three folks that serve on that, voted on by the church, and then we have a representative from the deacons, from the trustees. Uh, all the staff serves on that as well. And that group meets monthly to set ministry direction. Here's what we really feel like God wants us to do. So last year when we when I did the year-long Bible stories sermon series and we did the year-long Bible reading plan, that came out of a church council meeting. The church council met in October and I asked them, I said, what do you see that we need to really focus on in 2018? And the number one thing they said was Bible literacy. We need to know the Bible. We need to make sure that we understand it cover to cover. And so there, there it went. All right, well, let's have everybody that wants to go through a Bible reading plan, and I'll cover it cover to cover from, from January through December. So that's kind of where that came from and other things as well. So those are our main leadership groups. We have another group right now just as a matter of information that you will hear from uh, in a month or two, give or take. Uh, we have a building committee right now that is working on getting us some information. As I said earlier, we are maxed out on space, and and that's not the only issue. It's not just Sunday morning at 10 o'clock that we're worried about. We, we want to make sure that we, we set the church up for ministry in every area that we can for the next 50 to 75 to 100 years. I think that that's our respons- responsibility as this generation of people at Elm Grove. Uh, our church was founded in 1846, just so you know. This building that we sit in was constructed in 1936. The building behind me that includes the baptistry and some classrooms built in the 50s, the other building, our fellowship and and recreation and, and classroom kitchen building. That was constructed in the late 70s. Every generation of this church has done what it can and what it should to continue to set our church up for the future. And that's what we want to make sure to do. So I sell that because our building committee is in the process of getting back information from contractors to see what it might look like and what it might cost if we were to do something different besides this building. We own 17 acres of land on Highway 80. At the cross of Highway 80 and Purdom Road, that's where we own 17 acres. Years ago, we purchased that. The church bought it with cash. We don't owe anything. We're in no debt whatsoever. But we do know that if we ever were to build something there, we would probably incur some major financial cost. But we've never known what it is. And so the building committee was charged back last year to get together, put together an idea and some vision and so on, present that to some contractors and hear back to say, what could it look like and what would it cost? And that's what they're working on. And so we're, we're in the process now. 
of waiting to hear back from the contractors. We've met with three of them. We, we are not signing any contracts. We're not under any obligation. We're getting answers, just so you know. There has been zero vote, no vote to relocate, nothing like that. But we've never known what would it cost, okay? And so that's what we're trying to find. So that, just so you know, that, that, those some information that's coming up. Let me say, having said that, I presented this on a, on a Wednesday night not long ago, and I, and I told the folks that night, I said, a couple of things that we need to understand. Um, one, one of those is that one day we might relocate. It might happen. And I told that crowd, and I'll tell you as well, that may crush some of you. Because this is the only Elm Grove place and building that you've ever known. Built in 1936, I don't think anybody here remembers Elm Grove before that. I don't think. And so this is the only Elm Grove that we've ever known. And so it will crush some. I realize that. Totally realize that. I understand. But, but in fairness, we need to be prepared for the fact that that might happen. I was shooting you straight. At the same time, I told, I told the crowd that night, we might not relocate. We might hear back and say, nope, that's, that's not a direction that we need to go. And that will crush some of you as well. Because it has been your dream and your goal to say, this is what we've got to do. And that, that's no problem with that. Either way, let me just tell you this, and this is hard for me. I'll, full disclosure, this is hard for me to even say to you. Things are going to have to change one way or another. One way or another, things are going to have to change. I don't mean that as a threat, because I don't like change. I'll just shoot you straight. I don't like it. I'm, I'm, I'm of an age now where I understand a little bit more about why people that get a little bit older don't like change. I dig it. Understand. But things are going to have to change. If we relocate, obviously things, everything changes. If we don't, we've got to facilitate more growth here somehow. God seems to be bringing lots of people here. I don't know. We've never set number goals. I can count on one hand the number of times that I've told you in ten and a half years to go invite your friends to church. We just don't do it. It's happened organically. People just, you know what, the Lord's at work here, and so, man, people are gravitating toward that. I say that, but we just, I want you to be in prayer for God. What is it that we need to do? Because I'll be honest with you. I don't sit in my office and hear from God like Moses did on the mountain, okay? That's not what happens to me. That would be awesome. I wish I could come down out of my office, my face is glowing, and everybody says, oh, he's been with God, you know? I wish, that would be so incredible. It doesn't happen to me that way. I don't know. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. I don't know. But but it doesn't happen. So let me say this. I do not have the grand vision for our church. And if you just get on my back and follow me, here we go. That's not how it works here. We want to hear from God together. Now, it's going to take leaders in our church saying, you know what? We've got to have faith and step out and believe that this is what God wants to do. It's going to take that. But but I am not waiting for you to finally say, okay, Brad, you just tell us everything to do. I don't know. We're going to hear from God together, and we're going to move forward together. And I will say this as well, and I mentioned this to the Wednesday night crowd, and I, and I say this, and, and, and for some of you, that you say, well, man, you're just arrogant. The, let me tell you this. Some, uh, some folks, and I, and I hear this from time to time, if we do not construct a new building, if we do not relocate, I'm not leaving over that. I just want you to know that. And, and somebody says, well, we don't care. Go ahead. That's fine. I get it, okay? But I want you to know that. that we, we are in this together. For as long as God wants me to be here, for as long as God wants you to be at Elm Grove, we're in this together. And we're going to move forward. Whatever it is, we're going to move forward together. 
We got some hard decisions to make. We got some great things to think about. But I just want you to know, we, you, the building committee is under no threat. You are under no threat. It's not as if I'm going to call down fire from heaven, or, you know, and or they didn't build. You know what? If we don't, we're going to figure it out here. If we do, we're going to figure it out there. We're going to work through this together. That's what we're going to do. I just want you to know that. And I haven't said that to you. I don't, men- I don't mention those things on Sunday morning. I'll li- just tell you this. I am not looking... And, I, and this is just for me personally, just so you all know where I stand. I'm not looking to climb ladders. I'm not in any way. I have no desire to do that. Uh, I, I remember distinctly, and, I, and this, I've never shared this on a Sunday morning with you. I've shared this personally with different people. I remember distinctly a church called me about seven or eight years ago and wanted to talk to me about be, me being their pastor. And, and I remember the, them asking me, just in general, up front, what would be your, your major fear about, about leaving where you are? I said, well, I'd, I'd be afraid I'd inherit a whole bunch of problems I don't know about. I said, I know the ones I got now. I know where they sit. No. I, and and I, 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 said, I said, that's it. I said, you know what? Here's my thing. I, I really believe that a pastor ought to invest his life in a church as long as God says it's still time for you to be there. And so here we are. And I think you ought to invest your life in a church so long as there's nothing unbiblical that you can't work through. That's not a deal killer. You ought to invest your life in a church for as long as God says that's where you ought to be. And so here we are together. I just want you to know that. I've never, I just, y'all can hold me accountable on that stuff if you need to, but that's where we're going. We're working through this stuff together. And so take that for what it's worth, but I just want you to, I just want you to know that as we look to whatever's going to have to change, we're going to try to do it together as best we can. I don't have all the answers. I know you and I we don't have all the answers necessarily. God does. We're going to trust him and we're going to follow him, whatever that means. And so if you're scared about things, come and talk to me. If you're angry about things, come and talk to me. If you say, man, I disagree with you, come and talk to me. I, I mean that. I, really, I would welcome any of that dialogue. Nothing is hidden. There's no secrets here. We're just trying to do what God wants us to do. And I mean that sincerely as best I can say that. And so anyway, um, the, the, the little mini sermon that I was going to talk about kind of is summed up in in one phrase that I would hope that we would say this year, here's what we are going to do. And that is, and it's nothing I made up, it's just an old cliche that we are going to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to experience God in your life individually and in our lives collectively here at church. And I know for me, there are some things I'm going to have to start doing. There are some things I'm going to have to stop doing. Uh, There are some sins I'm going to have to repent of. There are some things that I'm going to have to step out in faith on. There are some things that I I don't know, God, I don't know if I want to go there. There are some things that are going to have to happen in my life if I'm going to experience God on an individual level. And I'm sure the same is true for you. Do whatever it takes. Let's partner together to say what in our lives we will do individually whatever it takes. And then together, as Elm Grove Baptist Church, we're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to laugh at each other when we don't know the answer. We're going to have fun. We're going we're gonna to cry together. We're going we're gonna to get mad at each other. We're going to be frustrated. But we're going to do whatever it takes to experience God in and among us.